Time again for Titans Talk. I'm Nathan, joined by Landon this week. Big fella couldn't be with us. Landon, how's your week? I've been able to take my mind off what has been a disappointing first five games, but hey, we're still in it, and that's all you can hope for. Four missed field goals. Yes, uh, technically we did enough to win that game, but to win in the NFL, you have to win by a wider margin. You have to not be at fourth down every time. You have to convert third downs more than that to get touchdowns on the board. So it doesn't matter who misses what or mistakes that get made. And there are a lot of mistakes. Obviously, Cairo Santos is no longer with us. We're coming to you a little later in the week than we usually do. So most of you are caught up on the big news. Cody Parkey uh, joined the team this week. Landon, you're a, a bit of an expert on kickers. Well, given that this was heading into week six of the season, there really isn't much of a crop of kickers to choose from like there is in the off season. I really think Parkey was probably the best option we could have gotten because I know his the perception of him by the casual fan is skewed by the double doing game, but he's 20th all time in career kicking percentage. He's about 80.5%, which is better than Sucka, better than Santos. So yeah, he's choked in the big moments, but right now, this Titans team isn't playing in big moments yet, so that shouldn't affect us. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Best they could do. I thought they would bring in several guys and sort of have a, have a tryout like you see some teams do and like we do from time to time during the season on certain positions. As I understand it, Parkey and Santos kind of came down to those two guys. They had them in earlier, so I think they just so, so, sort of went with Parkey uh, based on seeing him uh, in the facility about a month ago. be really interesting. It's going to be tough. I think uh, the biggest thing for me was so many teams have a revolving kicker, punter, whatever. We've been lucky for several years. We haven't had that. And even before that, our run on kickers, we only had four or five. Uh, we've had a good run there. We got a taste of what it's like to not have just a really good, dependable veteran back there. Special teams can go bad. And if you're going to win ugly like we do, it's just you have to depend on really strong special teams. And I, I think that's uh, that's the big lesson there, right? We have to get that in order uh, somehow. And uh, it makes our defense a little less effective and sort of the way we win when we do a bit more of a question mark when we just can't rely on we get a uh, suck up within 45 and he's going to nail it nine times out of 10, right? We, re- we really missed suck up for the first time on Sunday because the first four games, either Santos was good or the team was so bad that he wasn't even out there. But week five was the first time where you knew that if we had suck up and he was healthy instead of Santos, that we'd probably walk out of there with a win. So we talked last week about Jeffrey Simmons and some of our counterparts cracked me up by breaking news that he was going to be available to practice after Sunday's game. But obviously we've known that and we knew he'd be available and we feel like he will practice Monday because there was legitimate talk about leaving him on the 53 man so they could uh, see him practice after week three or four and then maybe have him back last week or now. But ultimately, they, I think, correctly erred on the side of caution. And so I think he's been ready to practice for a few weeks. He will practice Monday, I'm sure. I don't know that we'll see him week seven. I think they will wait and give him a full rotation in a week of practice. I could be totally wrong about that. And they might bring him in and have him play 10 snaps. But I would just see them being conservative there. I've heard a few people this week talk about, well, wouldn't that be difficult if they could only play him 10 games? They may not bring. Well, a lot of times your last lineman may only play 10 or 12 snaps. Anyways, if you look at Isaiah Max, 
um, snaps. He's he's about there. So I don't think that would be a problem. I do think, Landon, that they'll be conservative and maybe give him a full rotation of a week to practice, test that knee, and then we may see him uh, in week eight. What do you think? I would say that week eight is a much more realistic expectation of when we fully see Simmons on the field and not just a rotational role. Like you said, I could see week seven being like what we did with Nate Davis where he's rotated in, he just plays a little, gets some game action. But week eight was kind of the expectation I had when he got injured and then we drafted him. It was mid-season. He's a freak athlete. He can recover faster than normal pe- normal guys can, but it's still going to take a while. Week eight, we ha- that'll be the second of back-to-back home games. So there's less travel, there's less wear on his body. He can get more comfortable with everything. So I would say week eight, that's when you should really expect Jeffrey Simmons to do something. Right. I agree. I think just a man that big, eight months after tearing his ACL, I just think they're going to give him a week to test it uh, and to kind of just ease into it and, and let the game time, the atmosphere and all that, make that easier for him with a little more time. Uh, being here at home and all that. It just makes sense, but we'll, we will see. We signed Rod Smith. Uh, David Fuellen, of course, is on injured reserve. Uh, we'll have some interesting talks in the offseason about whether we'll see him ever again. That'll be really, really interesting, but um, people made a big deal about Rod Smith. Obviously, he formerly played uh, for the Cowboys. I don't know that we'll see him much except on special teams. Dalen Dawkins is uh, back on the active roster as well. Uh, we'll see him for special teams purposes, uh, but really, we we only ever see two running backs in this system so far, except for just absolute bearing uh, carries. So I don't read much into that, but it's interesting to see him. Rod Smith, a big back, runs about 235. Uh, that happened this week. David K- Kisenberry is back on the practice squad. That's good, I think, for him and for us. And Kevin Penfill was a full practice participant at the Titans' uh, last practice this week. And uh, he's expected, although not official, to suit up this Sunday. Yeah, he's actually been a full participant all week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He's played with his knee injury, and it really looks like he could definitely be available. On the road in Denver isn't the easiest situation to come back from an injury to, but he was going to be our right guard till he got hurt, and if he's healthy and ready to go out and see why he wouldn't be out there just because Jameel Douglas and Nate Davis just haven't really been it. I think Nate Davis will continue to play. And I think considering that he missed, you know, most of camp and preseason, I think he played that bad. Uh, that being said, it'd be good to uh, have him play 25 snaps and kind of work his way into, um, you know, NFL play. Uh, so hopefully Panfield will be ready to go. And uh, maybe the both of those guys will make it easier for each other. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's just he's pretty much played 1.5 games because he was playing part-time in the Falcons game. And it's just too early to tell, but from what we've seen, he doesn't look like he doesn't belong out there. And for a small school rookie, that's always a good sign. Landon, what else stands out to you on the injury report this week? Well, Cam Wake is out again with his hamstring injury, and that's a big blow because his absence was definitely missed Sunday. We could not get hardly any pass rush on Josh Allen. And even though he had he threw one interception, they only scored 14 points, they still made us pay in. Going on the road in Denver, Joe Flacco, he's been, I would say, very okay this season. He hasn't really, he's very average. He hasn't elevated them or sunk them. 
I don't think he's gotten credit for not being bad, though. I think people just assume because they're one and four, and we'll talk about this more, that they've been poor. But uh, Flacco will, has given average or better effort, and he's not been the reason. Also, Sharif finishes out with a shoulder injury, so they're both out. And if our pass rush can't get there, then Lindsey, Cortland Sutton, and Emmanuel Sanders, they're just going to have even more time to get open. We're averaging about four and a half yards per carry given up our defense. And although, you know, you look at points per game, it's been overlooked because uh, I think a lot of our fans looked at, well, what about that sustained drive? The Bills said, well, I mean, that was an entire game. Uh, that being said, we uh, have been a bit susceptible to the ground game. And uh, Lindsey really brings an interesting look. He's a small guy, but uh, the guy runs between the tackles as well as c- catches passes. So it would be really interesting to see, as you say, how our defensive line and, and, and pass rushers do uh, sort of setting the edge. All right, Landon, let's talk Denver. We're two-point underdogs in this game. Of course, it's uh, in Denver at Mile High Sunday, 3.05 kickoff, right? So first thing out of the way, what jersey would you wear if you were a Broncos fan? Well, we've already said this name, but it's a different guy. Rod Smith won two Super Bowls for them. One of the greatest undrafted players ever. One of the best undrafted receivers ever. A small school guy. Became a legend for the team and just won with them. What more can you ask for? Obviously, that run they made in the late 90s after being sort of one of those teams that had an excellent quarterback but no Super Bowl. They were basically Dolphins West when I was a kid until uh, they won back-to-back Super Bowls. And then John Elway hung it up. And after that, everything was viewed differently. For that reason, the guy that put him over the top, now they had an excellent defense, and obviously always still played at a high level. Uh, but Terrell Davis was just a, a super player. Um, really was not re- even a starter uh, at University of Georgia and, and had to work his way. I think he was a sixth-round pick and uh, is in the Hall of Fame based on maybe a three- or four-year window. And for those two years, he was their best player and maybe the best running back uh, in the league over that short period and just a really good player and guys. So, uh, I'd, I'd probably be rocking uh, Trail Davis. But luckily, we're Titans fans. Uh, this is interesting because they're one in four, but the thing about five games is uh, sample size is pretty small. We saw Dallas go 3-0, and and of course their fan base gets super excited, and who knows. But the three teams they played were not good at all. And these last two games they've lost, and they struggled as they played more competent teams. Uh, I think Denver is the opposite land. You can tell me what you think, and they haven't necessarily played all world beaters, but uh, they played Oakland, who's turned out to be, you know, not so bad, at least at this point, the Chicago Bears, the Packers, the Jags, who we know uh, have lost close games, and they're uh, not necessarily uh, Super Bowl contenders, but they're a tough out, as we've learned. And, uh, of course, the Chargers, their first win last week. They won 2013. So really interesting to me that that's not a bad first five, I think that's why they're getting a lot of credit. I've heard Ross Tucker and Bill Simmons this week say they feel like uh, uh, Denver will win this game. Obviously, Vegas thinks that too, narrowly. Um, your initial thoughts on who they've played, and I think a lot of Titans fans will think uh, this might be a, a chance for us to bounce back, Or although I think most Titans fans are taking nothing for granted at this point. But uh, this is not your average 1-4 team, right? I would say this is probably the best 1-4 team I can remember because they easily could be 3-2 and two if – The Bears don't have a miraculous last-minute drive, hit the game-winning field goal, and if the Jags and Gardner Minshew don't do the exact same thing, both in Denver. So if just a couple things go their way, they're 3-2, and and we're looking at them much differently. And I don't see any reason why we can't beat them. I think we're 
right around the level of maybe the, of the Jags in terms of the teams they played, where we're not quite world beaters, but we're still competitive. And the Jags were able to go on the road and win, but they also have a competent kicker. However, the Broncos finally got a win. It was on the road. It was against the Chargers team that looks to be like it'll be in playoff contention. So who knows? Maybe those first four losses were just a fluke of the schedule and they're just the better team than us. Well, I think it's going to be totally contested anyway. I think we can compete in any game. And I think they have some serious holes and some issues. But I just want our fans to be ready for, you know, understand these sample size, these early seasons based on your opponent and, and a lot of other factors. I think, if anything, surprisingly, the defense was the issue those first four right. games. Coming in, they had Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, who both had 10-plus sacks. They brought in Vic Fangio from the Bears, who's a great defensive coach. And then up until the Jags game, they didn't even force a turnover or get a sack. But obviously, they held the Chargers to 13 points. It looks like they've bounced back. Flacco's, there's a reason all these games have been close. Flacco keeps a minute, but he doesn't really put his foot down on the opponent's throat, but he also doesn't put you in a hole. Yes, yeah, so he's not a world leader, but I don't want our fans to think that um, he's pushover or absolutely done because uh, at home, in that thin air, I think they could be a threat. Uh, hopefully our defense can uh, can step up and do well. Now, we talked earlier, worried about that pass rush because the uh, thing about Flacco, he's not mobile, and we're going to have to get after him. And if you don't, it's trouble. Uh, we've seen uh, when they run to the Super Bowl five years ago. Uh, if you give them protection, it can be dangerous. They do have – Kind of an up-and-coming offensive line. They've struggled, say they're below average by NFL standards, especially on that right-hand side. So that'll be a big part of it. But we're going to have to get pressure without Cameron Wake and uh, maybe without Shree French. So that's going to be, I think, the big part of the game. Obviously, our protection and then um, how good of a rhythm Mariota can get in. But we'll talk about keys to victory later. Folks, for y'all to um, to look at and think about Sunday, their receiving core may, may not be – Names you know, per se. Cortland Sutton, who Landon, we scouted for the 2018 draft. He was a receiver out of SMU. He's number 14 for Denver. He has 401 yards in five games. He's got three touchdowns. Uh, he's averaged 80 yards a game. He's a good player, right? Yeah, he he's really shown that the sophomore leap is a legitimate thing. And I think it also can be underrated that Flacco, instead of Keenum, it has helped Sutton out more because Flacco is more willing to take that 50-50 ball, which Sutton is great at. He's 6'4", he's big, he's strong. His bread and butter is one-on-one, he's going to outmuscle the other guy. And so, and on all of his touchdowns so far, Flacco has just had that trust in him that he's going to go up and get it, and so far, he's gotten it. Yeah, he's averaging more than 15 yards of reception. Uh, you think we're set up, and um, we've done a pretty good job defending uh, burners and, and kind of lead uh, guys. Uh, uh, what do you think the game plan is uh, for Sutton? I would say game plan would be just have a little safety help over the top for when they try and throw the deep shot, the jump ball, because none of our corners are really big enough to go one-on-one with him as far as size goes. But as far as speed goes, all three of our guys can keep up with him. It's just his game is he gets up high. But and but then you also have to worry about Emmanuel Sanders if you look too much at Corlin Sutton, who's and Emmanuel Sanders has bounced back pretty well from an Achilles injury last year. Yeah, thirty three years old. Emmanuel Sanders, we a lot of us know him as a former Colt. 
Um, impressive guy and still physically looks as good as ever. 307 yards, two touchdowns in five games so far this season. Uh, it's a pretty good little uh, one-two punch that you uh, that may not make headlines, but they've got a good receiving core. Um, their first-round pick last year was Noah Fant, who um, I was not super high on for where they took him. He's had kind of a slow start. He has a lot of potential. You think we'll see anything from him Sunday, or what's your what's your take on him so far? I think we certainly will see a good bit of Noah Fant just because we still haven't figured out how to cover tight ends really. Because in the Bills game, Dawson Knox, Tommy Sweeney, Lee Smith, they were getting a lot of targets in. They had some drops, some incompletions, but if there's any receiving target that quarterbacks have to target against this defense, it's the tight end, not the receiver. And Jeff Hireman is still the number one tight end. He's a good, solid, dependable guy, so I think Fant could certainly get put into some matchups where he has the advantage with his athleticism. From a running standpoint, obviously Denver for years and years has uh, excelled running in a, in a zone scheme, and that seems to always kind of stay with them. Philip Lindsay last year, of course, was an undrafted free agent, played at UC Boulder, and famously made the Pro Bowl last year um, as an undrafted rookie. They have tried to incorporate Royce Freeman more. On the season, Royce Freeman has 55 attempts, um, and uh, Lindsay has 69. Uh, they've both averaged more than four and a half yards a carry. Philip Lindsay has 327 yards and three touchdowns. Freeman has 250 yards and has not found the end zone on the ground yet. They both are capable receivers. Your thoughts on them and their attack against our front and sort of the best way to stop these guys and, and, and what we might, I think we'll see more Lindsay in this game. Uh, he's a big threat from the backfield catching passes. He's an underrated runner between the tackles. Your, your thoughts on their running game so far? This one-two punch worries me a little, especially with Finch and Wake being out to set the edge against Lindsey. Because I think our defensive line is solid and our off-ball linebackers are, are, look to be really good. It's just, if you can't set the edge and you just get Lindsey in space, you're going to have a tough time on defense for the whole day. Andy Janovich is an underrated fullback as far as blocking goes. He's a big reason why they're so successful. We've seen when it comes down at the end of games, like in the Bills game, when it just comes down to, are our guys stronger than this Titans defense? More often than not, the Titans defense has generally wilted a little just because the offense hasn't been good and the defense is so tired. We saw that in the Colts game when Jordan Wilkins had that 60-yard run, and we saw it against the Bills when they slowly grinded out the clock. On defense, it was just two or three years ago. They were, I think, one of the most bonded in, in the NFL. Obviously, the year they won the Super Bowl uh, wasn't that long ago, and they really got it by just getting after the quarterback. Um, they've still got some big names and that are still playing well. Of course, Vaughn Miller is a terrific player, and Chris Harris is a terrific corner. Um, they've got other guys you may have heard of that are good at home there, but Derek Wolf and Josie Jewell, some, some solid players. This is not a very deep defense, and there are holes. And like you said earlier, this is, this is their weakness, I think, and this surprises a lot of folks. Uh, Landon, in order for us to take advantage of this weakness and win this game, our weakness is going to have to uh, exploit theirs, right? So we're going to have to uh, find the pigeon, as it were, find the weakness in this defense and just absolutely get after them. Uh, they have Kareem Jackson on this team, uh, who we uh, remember from uh, the Texans. Uh, Landon, what is the best approach for the Titans to exploit this defense, and what do you think their biggest weakness lies? The best approach is whichever side Von Miller lines up on, put a tight end 
a fullback, a receiver there to chip because if the Bills defense, which is which is good but doesn't have a pass rusher quite like Von Miller, Jerry Hughes is good but he's not Miller. If they can just decimate this offensive line, just get to Mario to every time and hit Henry in the backfield every time, Von Miller is going to have a field day. And early in the season, fans were complaining about how we'd use Humphreys to chip a pass rusher. But obviously, we needed that this last week because Lawan's rusty, Conklin didn't play that great, and Von Miller is going to feast if we don't do something. Yeah, that's the worrisome thing is the Bills didn't have one star pass rusher but they're very deep, uh, their entire defense, I thought. And they got after us five times, five sacks. And, um, yeah, we did enough to win technically, but not enough to convert enough third downs. I worry about Von Miller. But this defense, if you've got the right scheme, and if we get in a rhythm, big ifs, uh, we could absolutely wear them out. Uh, and that's weird playing Denver. You don't think that. But um, I think that's really, if we're going to win this game, we're going to control the the line of scrimmage, and that's tough to think about after Sunday. And uh, we're going to exploit the, the the middle of the field, which has also been something we haven't done a terrific job week in and week out of doing. Uh, Lynn, as we wrap up our talk about the Broncos specifically, uh, I'll point out that uh, there's some interesting players you've not heard of on their defensive line. Shelby Harris, number 96, uh, he's graded out well, well, and Mike Purcell. So they continue to find diamonds in the rough. Uh, and, and have interesting guys on defense. It's just they don't have enough of them. It's just going to be interesting to see if these guys can kind of d- develop on the fly. But uh, it's just, just one of those games, sort of like the Bills, where, you know, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be physical. That's their MO, and we're going to have to limit our mistakes. But uh, more than anything, uh, we're going to need our offensive line to, to be a strength, and we didn't see that on Sunday. And Yes, uh, Taylor Lewan was back just for his first game. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the off-the-field stuff. Very embarrassing. Ben Jones played well, and uh, I think Nate Davis played not well, but admirably. Hopefully, like we talked about earlier, we'll get more from Pam Phil. Jack Conklin has got to play better. A lot of mental mistakes uh, we saw in week one, and uh, we saw in week four against Atlanta. We saw the other team break down and us be patient and not make as many mental mistakes. We were that team uh, against the Bills. So, uh, Lan, what, what do you want to see specifically uh, from the offensive line? What do we need to see? to, um, like you said, protect Mariota and our ball carriers from uh, Von Miller, but just to see us sort of kind of swing the momentum back to where this could be uh, a strength for the team like it was, let's say, two seasons ago. And I'd even mention Roger Saffold, who uh, has admitted that he has just got to get better. I want to see some anger, some fire, some motivation, because if they aren't embarrassed, they should be. They've probably been a bottom five offensive line given how talented they are. I know there are teams that are worse, but we, these are two first-round picks, two high-level free agent signings, and a third-round pick. There's no reason it should be a bottom five offensive line. They should be ashamed of how many times Mariota gets sacked, how many times Derrick Henry gets in the backfield. Henry averages a bit over four yards a carry and 3.5 yards after contact. So he's not even getting a full yard before he's getting hit by a defender. Just They just need to find some fire. And maybe LeJuan, once he shakes off that rust, he finds that emotional spark that he always seems to give this team. But so far, they just haven't played with that edge. The Broncos are 22nd in the NFL against the run this season. That bodes well for our guy Derrick Henry. But it all is going to come down to that push. Um, when you look at advanced statistics or just watch the game, he is almost immediately fighting somebody off. So 
that's one of those things where it seems like, well, you can't change the team that you have. But I have to think that team could play better along the offensive line because we've seen them play better. Do you expect them to play better Sunday? I expect them to play better because I, I really don't want to see how they could play worse than what we saw against the Bills. Uh, very disappointing, and uh, I do think uh, that's a big part of our uh, of our issues. So our offensive lines play poorly. Lawan let us down. Uh, obviously, uh, just objectively speaking, in those first four games, and then of course was was not good on the field. Uh, was not disciplined on the field, and then was um, was was embarrassing off of it. So uh, we've all done that. We've all made mistakes. Hope that he and the rest of the line can can show some heart and show some focus. And uh, it's tough to go play at uh, five thousand and do that. And so it's going to be a tough challenge for this to be the week for them to, to make it. But let's hope that they do, because I, I believe when you talk about keys to victory, controlling the line of scrimmage on offense is going to be absolutely essential, right? Uh, Mariota's rhythm, we say the same stuff every week. And I and I think uh, an underrated one is uh, our defensive backfield, which has been a strength of ours, uh, along with our entire defense. Not, not big names here, but they're going to have a tough time tra- tracking down Sutton and company uh, this week, right? That's my that's my keys to victory, though. Yeah, I would say the biggest key to victory for me is just how many times can we feed Henry the ball? Because in four of the five games, he's been good to great. We've been competitive in those games. We've been close. And then in the Jags game, where he was bottled up, things weren't close, and it was just quick, it was just a quick loss. And like you said, they're not great against the run. There's their defense isn't the most stacked. And despite how bad the offense has performed, Henry has still been really good. I think you could argue that he's a top five rusher in this league, not necessarily statistically, but if you needed three or four yards and you were going down the list of guys you wouldn't want to give the ball to, I, I was I would put Henry in my top five just because he's averaging, like we said, four yards a carry with a terrible offensive line so far. Yeah, a poor run-protecting line for sure, and uh, most of the time just poor all around. You're absolutely right. Henry doesn't jump out at you all the time, but he's been live this season, and uh, he's picked up where he left off last season. Been really impressed uh, with him and, and proud of his efforts. We just need to give the guy an opportunity because he could be a bit more of a national story if and when we can uh, can give him better protection. Uh, it's no question that he's uh, played with a lot of heart and uh, skill, so I, I want to see that for him. And as tough as it is, is, is to play up at mile high, he's a guy that I think would be physically ready and if they'll give him an opportunity, I think he absolutely, absolutely will. And if they make him battle uh, a barely blocked Von Miller all game, it's going to be awful. So I really think uh, this is a pretty even game. Uh, I think we're the more talented team, but I think they're actually playing better. They've beat uh, a good Chargers team. And the two teams we beat were playing terribly in the days we played them. This game is going to come down to who can stick with a successful running game the longest. Because even if um, Derrick Henry is averaging three yards a rush, we're going to stick with him if we can to the third and fourth quarter and let him, with everybody else worn out, we're going to let him uh, kill the clock like we did uh, against Atlanta. We can't really get from behind and do that. And I think they're the same. They have a good running game, but they have had to play from behind a lot. So they're in a similar situation as us. Uh, Whoever loses this game, uh, they're going to be looked at differently. Whoever wins this game, uh, they, they will have won two in a row. So... I think uh, they can get some momentum and get some pressure off their back. And I think that, of course, we can get back to 500 at this game. Super important game. Establishing the run and not getting from behind, so not making mistakes. Uh, it's not rocket science. And it's going to be individually down to uh, whoever's left at defensive line 
to make that push. Daquan Jones has played really well this season, been very underrated. He has played well. And, of course, Darrell Casey's played well. We need more of that, more of a team effort. going to be really interesting to see and uh, interesting to play at 3 o'clock, I think, so we can watch those early games and, and sort of get ready. Land, before we wrap up, let's talk about news around the NFL and just get everybody caught up, and we'll get our reaction to some of the biggest news within the last week. Well, Washington finally fired Jay Gruden, which was the biggest tease of the season where after yet another embarrassing loss each week, oh, he might be fired, oh, he might be fired. And then they actually fired him. And to me, it really just highlighted the organizational dysfunction in the Redskins. And it just made me appreciate the Titans organization even more because John Robinson, Mike Vrabel, Amy Armstrong, they're not the best coach, GM, owner in the league, but they're still pretty good. They're infinitely better than Daniel Snyder and Bruce Allen. Yeah, it's one of those things you kind of look across and it could be a lot worse. And that's not what people want to think. They want to get better, and I get that. But Jay Gruden is a good coach. I don't know that he's uh, meant to be Vince Lombardi, but you watch their games, the play calling has not been their issue. And when they've been healthy, they've had had some success. Uh, they started out 5-2 and two last year. Things just fell apart. You wonder at some point where – a team that's constantly that injured, if there's some issue with the staff or whatever. I mean, luck is luck, but sometimes it's more than that. Uh, you wonder about the infrastructure there. Uh, a lot of problems, a lot of issues. I don't know who would be successful there, and I don't know who they're going to get to take that job. Somebody. But um, I, I don't know. It's just a sad situation because it's a good fan base. Uh, I think they need to change the name of that team, and uh, I think they need a fresh start. But you can't fire an owner, and I don't think everything comes at, at, at his feet. I think he did a lot of wild stuff in his first decade owning that team, and he's tried to settle down, I think, to a fault. Uh, he's uh, he's hung with, Everybody's given Bruce Allen problems, but you've got to look at the track record. They've done some good things. But just their lack of relationship, and so many players willing to leave. We know about their quarterback, and we know about the issues with RG3, and then, of course, now their best player is holding out and losing $650,000 a season just because he doesn't want to play. So that gives you an indication that there are real problems in Washington. And then to end on what could be a high note, the Texans, who are 3-2, and two, are hosting the Chiefs, which certainly can be a loss. The Colts are on a bye, who are also 3-2. and two. The Jags play the Saints, which is a very tough game for them. And we play the Broncos. So if things break right by Sunday night, we'll have three wins. The Texans will have three wins. The Chiefs will have three wins. And the Jags could have four losses, so we're we're still in it. Certainly, we're not we're not way back in last. We're we're only one game behind, and zero and two in the division is still a hole to climb out of. But things are better than it looks like, just because of the nature of the losses. Land, do you think we'll see Tyreek Hill for Kansas City? Speaking of uh, the Texans, do you think we'll see Ty- Tyreek Hill suit up uh, against Houston Sunday? From what I've seen, it looks like he will, and he's had plenty of time to rest. It's a favorable matchup. I don't think Houston's secondary is that good. Obviously, when you have Mahomes, it's pretty easy to come back from injury, especially if you're as fast as Tyreek Hill. You just tell him, hey, run straight really far down the field as fast as you can, and you'll probably catch a touchdown. The only thing is, it's a shoulder, so if he ever takes an awkward hit or he lands weird, you know all the Chiefs fans are going to be holding their breath. Lane, what was your take on... Steelers quarterback Devlin Hodges, a guy from around the Birmingham area that played at Samford, uh, formerly one one AA Samford, and how he seemed to play pretty pretty bravely. Um, do you think we'll see more positive things from him this Sunday? 
I think so. I mean, he was probably their fourth string quarterback because Big Ben, Rudolph, Josh Jobs, who they traded to Jacksonville, he probably never expected to start an NFL game in his life. And it was against a good Ravens team, and though their defense isn't that good. And he took them to overtime. And their defense forced three turnovers. Tomlin won the coin toss and elected to kick instead of receive, which still shows that he didn't have that much faith in Hodges. But if you get a if you get a team to overtime, you're at least doing something right. This kid showed a lot of moxie. Uh, he's a Walter Payton uh, Award winner for the best uh, FCS uh, player last year. We've seen these guys have success, Tony Romo and others. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. This is, seems like the year, and we always have one or two of these guys. seems like this is the year of the out-of-nowhere quarterback from an NFL level. And we, we knew about Gardner Minshew uh, at Washington State. I personally, I went to Sanford for a year, and I've never heard of Devlin Hodges, but excited about this new blood. And maybe we can find uh, what we desperately need in this league, one or two or more good quarterbacks moving forward, right? Yeah, and hopefully one or two of these new guys are playing for us. Yeah, though that'll be uh, interesting talk in uh, the off season or before uh, moving forward because there are, there are so few uh, competent NFL quarterbacks. Probably only about a dozen right now, I'd say, and we've got thirty two teams, so it's going to be m- musical chairs constantly, and we'll we've got a lot to figure out between now and the end of the season. But yeah, these names come up, and uh, I'm with you. Uh, I sort of vet them out so. What's going to fall out with this guy coming back or that guy? Uh, I think we all do that. I think uh, the NFL uh, at large is sort of thinking that about Gardner Minshew. If he continues to play well, they haven't won a lot of games, and his stat sheet has looked good some days and then just not great others. But if you watch his games, the guy has an it factor. We'll see if he can hold up. A lot of guys have looked good after four or five games. But, Lane, he seems to have something, and uh, they'll be getting um, Nick Foles back. Week eleven. Uh, I know it's a little premature for that, but what's your what's your take on how that situation might turn out? I would say if Minshew keeps playing at the level he's been playing, and they're still competitive, I don't see why they should bench him. Even though Foles certainly played better in his limited amount of time, but you don't rock the boat if things are going your way. Uh, and I'm going to say, as a Titans fan, it really sucks having the worst quarterback situation where. Obviously, Houston has Deshaun Watson, who looks like a star. Jacoby Brissett in Indianapolis is, is such an underrated quarterback. And then you've got Minshew Mania down in Jacksonville. Right. And Foles, if he could stay healthy, and he's not really consistently done that anywhere but Philadelphia, just be really interesting to see how that shakes out for, for those guys. On the way out, what's your prediction, as objectively as you can be, for our game Sunday? What's your gut feeling? I would say 2019 Broncos. Which hurts. Well, it hurts. And uh, a lot of times I have felt all week um, in the two games we lost that not great. And then I woke up feeling okay, and then we won those games. And when I felt okay, we've lost. So who knows? Uh, I don't know if this team knows. But uh, there is some character and pride in that locker room for sure. We give them a hard time. And I think we'll get a good effort from them. Hopefully uh, everything will come together. And uh, I think it is going to be close regardless. But, uh, you know, you never know what to expect. And uh, like you mentioned earlier, we could get to three and three, and uh, although we're not going to forget about how up and down it's been, three and three is three and three. Hopefully, we'll get there, and uh, we'll get Lawan, uh, you know, back in play mode, and maybe we'll get Jeffrey Simmons, and uh, maybe it's wishful thinking. Maybe we'll get uh, somewhat of an immediate impact from him, and uh, go from there. But until then, guys, enjoy your weekend. 
Uh, enjoy Sunday. As always, tighten up. Tighten up.